to the Willie Jackson Experiment. We have a great show for you guys today. You're going to love it. All right, students, shut up. I know this situation is not ideal, but we all have to quarantine together for two weeks. This is bullshit! You don't want to infect your families, do you? You were all exposed to a student here who was taken to the hospital due to COVID. Yes. Uh, we were there and Token was actually taken to the hospital because you guys shot him. Yes, due to COVID. If it weren't for COVID, all the previous teachers would have still been here, we wouldn't have been in the class, and nobody would have gotten shot. Therefore, the young man is in the hospital due to COVID. It was COVID-related. That doesn't make any sense! Hey, do you people mind? You're supposed to wear your mask over your nose. Looks like you're wearing a diaper for your chin. Chin diapers don't help. Got a delivery here. Needs a signature. Oh, okay. Oh, hey, hey, if you're gonna come any closer, would you mind wearing a, you know, chin diaper? Oh, sorry. Here you go, just sign right there. Have a nice day. Oh, and hey, I'm really loving the pandemic special. Yeah, thanks. Some people are getting mustache and some aren't, but we have to do all we can to avoid it becoming fashionable. Will our chin diapers keep us safe? Yes, but we must wear them where the mustache would be. We need to wear them over our mouths and nose. Are you out of your mind? You expect people to wear a diaper over their nose. That's disgusting. Fuck you, Fauci. The new outbreak in South Park is spreading rapidly, and as highways into town close and governments consider a full lockdown, one question is on everyone's mind. Where is the damn pangolin? Some speculate the pangolin took its own life, while others think that... Sorry, sorry, we're getting some breaking news. Oh, God. Students at South Park Elementary School have broken quarantine and are now out on the loose. The fugitives broke out sometime last night. Teachers are reporting there's no cause for alarm, except that these children have all been exposed to COVID and could be running around spreading mustaches right now! Super spreaders! One can of shaving cream per family! Quarantine or you are gonna be grounded! Hey, Scotch! You heard what the scientist said. Get your diaper up over your mustache area. I'm not wearing a damn diaper over my nose! Don't you care about people? Yeah, we care way more about what's right than you do, bitch! For Christ's sake, the entire town is in chaos! How the hell did you let those kids out of quarantine? Don't blame this on us teachers. You opened the school and gave us barely enough resources to do our jobs. Everyone is terrified of catching something from these super spreaders. Well, I don't know what you're gonna do, Mayor. You took all our funding away. You said our equipment was too extreme. Now, if we had some of that stuff back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we certainly don't want you teachers to be without every resource available. I'll write an executive order to get you everything you need. Boys, 
we are back in business. Possible COVID exposure at four o'clock. You there. You are violating a mandated safer inside order. Put down the snowball and get back to quarantine. We've got a runner! Oh no, sorry, we're closed. But I called. You said you were open today for appointments. Yeah, we had to shut down again. Somebody came into the store with a mustache. A mustache? Please, my friend has to build a bear. I'm sorry, these are unprecedented times. Oh, just give us one minute. Oh, good job, Stan. Thanks for getting my hopes up, you asshole. Come on, dude, we better get out of here before we're spotted. We can't go. What do you mean? We don't have a choice. We're gonna have to break in. And then do what? And then build him a bear. Without any employees? What, do you expect us to just, just build our own bear? If we have to, yes. Dude, you need people to help you do the stuffing and the closing. You don't, you don't actually build your own bear. I don't care. I'm not following the rules anymore. Infection are spreading the infection. If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, you it's had not. the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let, let's get down to the facts. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty and Sete look at in vitro examination of memory immunity, which in their paper they specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study For, can you point to that shows significant let, reinfection? There are no studies that show just significant let, let me, reinfection. Let me finish the response to your question, if you please. The other thing is that when you talk about reinfection and you don't keep in the concept of variance, that's an entirely different ball game. That's a good reason for a mask. In the South African study conducted by J&J, &J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when you talk about reinfection, you've gotta make sure you're talking about wild type. I agree with you that you very likely would have protection from wild type for at least six months if point you're infected. This, but we in our country though, now have variants that are circulating. Significant reinfection. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization and death after either natural infection or the vaccine. It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. Yeah, we don't you have a death in the United States. You, 
you're not hearing what I'm saying about variance. We're talking about wild type versus variance. And what, now, proof is there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country, zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one, can I finish? We're well, having 117 that's becoming more dominant. policy based on conjecture. No, you it, have the it isn't based on conjecture. So you, some, you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No. You've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No. You can't get it again. There's almost, there's virtually 0% chance you're going to get it. And yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine, who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you've got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we you have ask immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I totally disagree with you. Dr. Fauci, if you could respond so that we could understand the difference between the uh, virus itself and the variants and the reason for a mask. I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't hear If you could um, respond to the question so that we could all understand the difference between the vaccine in uh, controlling the wild type versus the variants that are out there and the reason for wearing a mask, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, yes. First of all, when you have a variant, you have an immunity that you get what's convalescent, Sarah, and the same sort of thing. If I vaccinate you or me against the wild type, you get a certain level of antibody that's specific for a particular viral strain. If there's a circulating variant, you don't necessarily have it. You have some spillover immunity to be sure, but you diminish by anywhere from two to eightfold the protection. So the point I'm saying is that there are variants in now circulating. The point that Senator Paul was making was that if you look at wild type only, there is some clear cut credence to what he's saying, but we are living right now in a situation where we're having a dominance of 117 which was the original UK. We have a very troublesome variant in New York City, a 526. We've got two variants in California, a 427, 429, and we have a number of others. So we're not dealing with a static situation of the same virus. That was the only point I'm making. Okay, thank you very much, thank you. You hear it time and time again when Americans are told they should wear a mask indoors. I'll just put you on my 3,000 follower Instagram feed. It's mostly local. Hi, everyone. I work for Costco and I'm asking this member to put on a mask because that is our company policy. So either wear the mask or... And I'm not doing it because I woke up in a free country. A Dallas woman decided to throw a toddler-style tantrum in a grocery store. I don't give a f Not to be outdone by Dallas, a Fort Worth woman berated a store clerk. I'm spreading more dirt standing here, for God's sakes. Suddenly, people have doctor's notes that prevent them from wearing masks, but the same medical conditions obviously don't stop them from screaming. My doctor would not let me wear a mask. And this California guy called the store manager the N-word and had a meltdown over the manager wearing a mask. This guy called me a oh, what? 
A totally shameless woman wants to call the manager of a hospital because the hospital requires that all people wear masks. I'm in St. Joseph's Hospital. They're telling me that if I don't wear a mask, they're not going to uh, assist me. They want me to leave. And the people of Florida weren't going to be out Florida'd by other states, so people in Florida challenged mask laws because only God can regulate breathing. And they want to throw God's wonderful breathing system out the door. I was born free, I will stay free. My rights come from God, not from you. And some people have more practical reasons for not wearing masks. I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't un wear underwear. Things gotta breathe. Then there's the Florida man who just doesn't feel like wearing one for reasons. I just don't wanna be doing, I don't know, somehow sitting in the Oval Office behind that beautiful Resolute desk. The great resolute desk. Half of all states now require people to wear masks in public spaces. Obviously, a lot of people are more than a little confused about what rights the Constitution of the United States grants to its citizens and what powers the government has over its citizens. Do you have an unalienable right not to wear a face mask in public? Can businesses tell customers to wear masks? And do those little cards talking about the Americans with Disabilities Act actually have any effect? Hey, Legal Eagles, it's time to think like a toddler. Nope, nope, it's time to think like a lawyer. In the beginning, God formed man out of the earth and breathed his breath in him, and he became a living soul. Where do you derive the authority to regulate human breathing. Well, Florida woman, not everything that you don't like violates your constitutional rights. For example, we have freedom of expression, but there are some things that we simply cannot do, like create obscene materials involving children. We have freedom of assembly, but the government may regulate the time, place, and manner of how we exercise that right when they have a legitimate reason. In short, our constitution recognizes freedoms with limits. Under the 10th Amendment, powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states or to the people. This means that the federal government's power is not unlimited, so states and smaller units of government have the power to regulate certain conduct. And as we've seen throughout this pandemic, the federal government has taken, let's say, a hands-off approach to dealing with COVID. With the federal government, we're not supposed to stand on street corners doing testing. They go to doctors, they go to hospitals, they go to the state. The state is a more localized government. You have 50 of them. And as a result, most mask orders are coming from mayors and governors. Police powers are not unlimited, but in a pandemic, governments have much broader authority to impose regulations that protect the population from a virus that has serious implications for public health. But at the same time, citizens have rights that cannot be taken away by any particular laws. And if a law appears to interfere with a constitutional right, those whose rights are affected can challenge that law in court. Constitutional rights include the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, due process of law, and equal protection protection under the law. So because mask laws are so contentious, let's start with making an analogy. Let's talk about government bans on public smoking. Now, if there isn't a specific right, then it's highly likely that the government can outlaw a certain conduct. Take, for instance, bans on smoking. Smoking is basically like wearing a mask, except it's the complete opposite. Obviously, the Constitution says nothing about a right to smoke. For smoking to be a constitutional right, then it would have to fall under one of the other recognized constitutional rights. When governments started banning smoking in public places, smokers actually challenged those laws on two theories. One, that smoking is a personal liberty protected by the Due Process Clause of the Constitution. Or two, that the Equal Protection Clause extends special protection to smokers as a group. Now, the Due Process Clause of the Constitution prohibits the government from depriving individuals of liberty without what's called due process of law. This means that a legislative body must have an adequate justification for passing a law that affects someone's liberty. 
Smokers challenged the smoke-free workplace laws in court on the basis that the laws violated the due process clause. They alleged that the laws took away a smoker's liberty without adequate notice or reason. But the courts uniformly rejected this claim. Since the smoke-free workplace acts didn't involve a fundamental liberty right, such as the right to privacy, the courts used what's known as the rational basis test to determine whether the government could regulate that particular conduct. You can think of it like a sliding scale. The more a law interferes with a fundamental right, the more scrutiny a court will have in interpreting that particular law. And the more it just involves regular conduct that doesn't involve a fundamental right, well, the less scrutiny. And that's generally uh, what the rational basis test is. Often cases are won and lost based on the particular test that is applied to that law. And generally, if the court applies a rational basis test, that law is almost certainly going to be upheld. The rational basis test requires simply that a law must be rationally related to a legitimate government goal. This requirement sets a very low bar for the government. A, a law will be considered constitutional so long as the law is not completely irrational or arbitrary. Basically, laws never fail this requirement. For smokers, this was very bad news. The government had ample scientific evidence that smoking causes health problems and secondhand smoke harms other people who are exposed to it. And smoking wasn't even a contagious virus spreading without warning. So at the end of the day, it was easy for courts to uphold smoking bans because there was a rational basis to connect the smoking bans to the legitimate public interest of helping public health. So with that background, let's talk about COVID-19 mask orders. With COVID-19, the CDC estimates that up to 35% of people infected have no symptoms, but are still contagious. And since masks reduce the chance of infected people transmitting the respiratory droplets that contain the virus in enclosed spaces, mask orders are on pretty firm legal ground. And let's look at California Governor Gavin Newsom's mask order as an example. Governor Newsom ordered people in California to wear face coverings when they're in, quote, high-risk situations, including inside of or in line to enter any indoor public space, visiting a hospital uh, or other health-related building, and waiting for or riding on public transportation or ride-sharing vehicle. Now, the California Emergency Services Act is the source of the governor's power to make masks mandatory. The law gives the governor broad authority to respond to state emergencies like the COVID-19 panic. The governor's authority to take public health measures was already approved of by the Supreme Court, at least temporarily. When churches challenged Governor Newsom's temporary orders on large public gatherings, churches sued for an injunction barring enforcement of the order. The Supreme Court denied their motion for an emergency injunction. Chief Justice Roberts cautioned that courts shouldn't second-guess emergency measures that local governments imposed for health and safety, especially, quote, while local officials are actively shaping their response to changing facts on the ground. Newsom's mask order relies on the same law and rationale. So what if people sue? Mm, target? I'm not playing your game. This is over. This is all over. No, uh -uh. no. Do you? Why? Why? You let everybody else do it? You let everybody else do it? Why can't do it? Because I'm a blonde white woman? Okay. I think we have enough here. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to have you spin around and just put your phone down. What? First, okay. I need you to put your phone down. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Well, people like the woman in that video will certainly sue Newsom and other local authorities who issue a mandatory mask order. Representatives like Kentucky's Thomas Massey thinks that there's no way that any patriot would ever wear a mask or get vaccinated, which would actually be kind of funny if it weren't 
so sad because George Washington conducted the first government-funded inoculation in American history when he had the entire Continental Army vaccinated against smallpox. Although Representative Massey and others think that face mask orders are unprecedented lunacy that Americans have never ever put up with, how do I put this nicely? That is an ahistorical interpretation. Face mask orders were common during the 1918-1919 flu pandemic. They were enforced with citations and fines, much like authorities are proposing today. Some people were even jailed. During the influenza pandemic, there were even influenza courts where people could contest their citations. Unfortunately, there aren't really any written decisions from that era. We do know that there were pockets of resistance to mask wearing, but the flu pandemic was deadlier than World War I, which was still raging at the time, and most people saw wearing a mask as part of their civic duty. When people did challenge the citations, judges simply deferred to the government regarding masks and closures. And that's basically what Chief Justice Roberts did, even though the group of churches could cite to a specific fundamental freedom, in this case, uh, religious freedom, that theoretically could have been curtailed or at least implicated in these laws. But the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic really matters. And there is one Supreme Court case that should probably control the outcome of all of these different mask lawsuits. In Jacobson versus Massachusetts, the court considered whether the city of Cambridge could make a smallpox vaccination mandatory. The person who sued the city alleged that the immunization violated the equal protection and due process clauses and violated the spirit of liberty embodied by the constitution. But the Supreme Court held that the city was well within its police power authority to mandate this immunization. Justice Harlan rejected the claim that each person is quote, a law unto himself, and could act with no consideration toward other people. Quote, the liberty secured by the Constitution of the United States to every person within its jurisdiction does not import an absolute right in each person to be, at all times and in all circumstances, wholly freed from restraint. Since smallpox cases were prevalent in Cambridge and the disease was increasing, the government was justified in taking responsible measures to protect citizens from smallpox. Jacobson teaches us that for a lawsuit against mask orders to be successful, the litigants will need to show that there is no rational basis for the law, which is an incredibly uphill climb. Because there's lots of evidence and arguments that mask orders have at least a rational basis to the legitimate aim of public safety. There are several strands of evidence supporting the efficacy of masks, laboratory studies, of respiratory droplets concluded that masks can block nearly all of the droplets. Epidemiological studies, like a recent one published in Health Affairs, have concluded that masks slow the COVID-19 growth rate. The study compared the COVID-19 growth rate before and after mask mandates in 15 states in the District of Columbia. It found that the mask mandates led to a slowdown in daily COVID-19 growth, which became uh, more apparent over time. And there's lots of other data out there that I could cite, but a quick Google search will probably turn them up. But so far, we've just been talking about the states versus the federal government. COVID-19 has brought out a very interesting, if terrible, legal issue as between governors and municipalities. What happens if governors and mayors actually disagree with each other about COVID-19 orders? Or specifically, what happens when the mayors want mask orders and the governors say that there shouldn't be mask orders? The outcome of these conflicts depends on how much power the cities have under the Home Rule Doctrine. Home Rule is the idea that municipalities and counties have autonomy to act with respect to their own affairs. 40 of the 50 states operate under Dillon's Rule, which means that municipalities only have specifically enumerated powers. In other words, the municipalities like cities and counties only have the power that the state governments actually bestow upon them. This is why Georgia Governor Brian Kemp filed a lawsuit to stop Atlanta and 14 other Georgia cities from making masks mandatory. Kemp asked a judge to overturn Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms' orders 
that were more restrictive than his own block her from issuing additional orders and instruct the city council not to ratify her actions and force her not to make any public statements claiming she has authority that exceeds Kemp's. Now, so far, the Georgia mayors have vowed to defy Kemp's orders and fight his lawsuit so that they can actually make masks mandatory to stop the spread of COVID-19. But in Georgia, the home rule says that the city, whether it's the mayor or the city council, can only do the things that the state government through the governor allows them to do. So it's likely that they may lose those lawsuits. In contrast, a few states give municipalities significantly greater police powers. In Alaska, which observes the minority rule, a home rule city quote, may exercise all legislative powers not prohibited by law or by charter. So instead of a city needing the power granted to them by the state government, the cities can do whatever they want unless it's prohibited by the state government. And Anchorage issued a mandatory mask rule in June. And although the governor's office tried to limit the city's authority to mandate masks in state buildings, Alaska's legislature has not restricted Anchorage's authority regarding mandatory masks or exempt state-owned buildings. This means that Anchorage's order will likely stand. So that's states versus cities. But by now you've probably seen a lot of people claiming that mask orders conflict with the Americans with Disabilities Act or ADA. So what about people who claim they cannot wear masks for health reasons? Well, Title II of the ADA generally prohibits eligibility and screening criteria that would tend to exclude individuals based on disability, unless the criteria are necessary for the business to operate safely in providing its goods and services. Those requirements must be based on actual risks and may not be based on speculation, stereotypes, or generalization about people with disabilities. Businesses are safe, generally, in relying on government mask orders and CDC guidance in refusing entry to people without masks. And if a person without a mask enters, the ADA only allows a retailer to deny goods or services to an individual with a disability if their presence would result in, quote, a direct threat to the health and safety of others, but only when this threat cannot be eliminated by modifying existing policies, practices, and procedures, or permitting another type of accommodation. And whether a customer poses a direct threat is an individualized, fact-sensitive inquiry. But you can What if you could make a full-time living online, getting paid? So I don't want to get too deep into mass politics. Yeah. Uh, that, that's not, not my jam, but I, I will offer some, some data and some science here. A lot of people wearing masks, they say, there's no way I'm getting enough oxygen here. I, I can't wear this thing. I'm going crazy. I need to breathe. I need oxygen. Oxygen is not the issue. I've seen various studies. They've looked at, sur I mean, surgeons wear these things for eight hours a day every single day you think they're not getting enough oxygen when they're doing neurosurgery you know on capillaries in the brain of, of course they are so the studies have looked at various mass from the four ply mass to the surgical mass oxygen is not the issue what is happening here is you are getting a little more co2 mm. and co2 is the trigger to breathe so especially with people who have panic or anxiety problems when they feel they're being denied a breath they completely freak out because that reminds them of having an attack, right? What happens when you have an asthma or anxiety attack? You <laughs> so, so it isn't, so we'll, we'll start with that with, with a mass situation, not an oxygen problem. And that little boost of CO2 can actually have a lot of benefits. Now we'll get to the nose here. You're hundred percent right. Let's bring, bring my friend back on here. If you, you look at the nose, there are all of these structures here, right? And all of these structures are coated with cilia, these little hairs. And, 
and mucus and all of these other things that allow you to filter out pathogens and bacteria and pollution and viruses. So not only that, but your nose will release six times more nitric oxide than breathing through your mouth. And nitric oxide, I'm sure you guys are familiar with all the benefits of nitric oxide. But one of the other benefits of it is it interacts directly with viruses. It kills viruses. So I don't want to say, you know, you're, you're right and your lady's wrong. I'm definitely not going to get into that. But <laughs> you can mention to her that you are able to, it looks like you're able to decrease a viral load and, and fight off more pathogens breathing through the nose. We know that. Is that going to stop you from getting COVID or from getting colds? No. Will it reduce that viral load? Probably, and this is what Dr. Louis Ignaro, who won the Nobel Prize in the 90s, has said. You need, especially now, breathe through your nose. And when you're wearing a mask, you have to be breathing through your nose, too. You can't just default to, to mouth breathing. You can imagine that during a pandemic, having an unmasked person spreading potentially droplets that carry the virus could certainly qualify. And that puts businesses in a tough spot because generally they need to accommodate people with disabilities, but they cannot let that accommodation directly threaten all of the other customers. But in many situations, there might be accommodations that can be offered that while it wouldn't allow a person to enter a building without a mask on, they might be able to get the goods and services in a different way. For example, in one scenario, a manager offered a woman accommodations that didn't involve wearing a mask, like shopping for her. Okay, can we shop for so, um, what does that look like? Not allowing her into the building, but conducting the shopping on her behalf. Now, we tend to focus on the kind of people who are clearly capable of wearing masks, but choose not to either because they are jerks or insane. The kind of people who claim that a cloth mask will trap the gas CO2 and also prevent the gas oxygen from getting into your mouth. That's, that's not how that works. But that's not to say that there aren't people with legitimate ADA-recognized disabilities that might be incapable of wearing a mask. For example, you might uh, think of perhaps someone with autism that, that cannot function with uh, restrictions over their face, which is why the ADA exists in the first place. And that's why accommodations should be made if it's at all possible. Things like online ordering, contactless deliveries, curbside pickup, and even private browsing at a specific time are all potentially reasonable alternatives for businesses to use. But unfortunately, because this is America, it sure looks as if millions of Americans are suddenly inventing medical reasons for resisting mask orders without adequate proof. And as usual, people are trying to make a buck by selling identification cards stating that the holder has a disability and cannot wear a mask. These face mask exempt cards are all over social media. None of these have any legal force whatsoever. Even the federal government is wary of these scammers. The Department of Justice issued a warning that any flyers stating that people with disabilities do not need to comply with face mask laws are fraudulent, especially flyers that include the Department of Justice's name and official seal. But businesses find themselves on the horn of a dilemma. On the one hand, they have to comply with the ADA. But on the other hand, they also can't be negligent and lead to the infection of a whole bunch of of other people. There is a whole lot of controversy over potentially making businesses exempt from liability related to COVID if 
certain legislation passes. But at the moment, businesses cannot act in a negligent manner. That's how uh, negligence works in the United States. And we probably, as customers, don't want them to behave in a negligent way. And if they do, then they might be liable for damages in causing other people to get infected if they acted in a negligent way. Which is why in the absence of uh, law to the contrary, businesses can certainly require employees and customers to wear masks, even apart from what is mandated by the state or federal government. Every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. Not so fast, Florida woman. Businesses can require customers and employees to wear masks. And some businesses have signs that you might've seen that say no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's because businesses can set their own rules because they're on private property, as long as they don't violate laws or public health rules. And there's a, certainly an argument to be made that these kind of mask requirements or shoe requirements further public health and don't go against it. And so not surprisingly, this is specifically carved out in the Occupational Safety and Health Administration statute or OSHA. Quote, employers may choose to ensure that cloth face coverings are worn as a feasible means of abatement in a control plan designed to address the hazards from SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Employers may choose to use cloth face coverings as a means of source control, such as because of transmission risk that cannot be controlled through engineering or administrative controls, including social distancing. You're removing our freedoms and stomping on our con constitutional rights by these communist dictatorship orders or laws you want to mandate. Uh, no, that's not how that works. Masks are generally legal. Requirements to wear masks are generally legal. But regardless of whether it's legal or mandated, people use common sense. Wear a freaking mask. You can't tell by my words and actions, but I'm a Christian. And the only person that's going to tell me what to do is Jesus. So since state governments can in fact legally force everyone to wear masks, you should at least wear the most comfortable one. And longtime sponsor Mack Weldon has created what might be the most comfortable mask yet. Their masks use incredibly soft Supima cotton and plush ear holes, I guess ear holes, ear things, to make social distancing safer and way more comfortable. And they are guaranteed not to keep oxygen out or CO2 in. I just made up that last part because it's not actually a thing that you have to worry about. Mack Weldon's is an essential men's clothing company that focuses on smart design and premium fabrics. If I'm not in court or on a Zoom call with a judge, I'm often wearing Mack Weldon. I've tried their polos, their t-shirts, their shorts, and of course their world famous boxer briefs. And if you're watching this channel as an adult, you probably deserve to have nice boxer briefs and I can tell you it makes a world of difference. I've ordered Mack Weldon many times with my own money. I usually buy multiple sizes and have them shipped to me and then I just return the ones that don't fit and keep the ones that fit perfectly. Now, if you'd like to try Try Mack Weldon, you'll get 20% off of your first order by just going to MacWeldon.com slash Legal Eagle or using the promo code Legal Eagle at checkout. And with Mack Weldon's loyalty program, you can get 20% off free shipping and access to new products. It's automatic when you sign up and order at MacWeldon.com slash Legal Eagle. So just click on the link in the description or go to MacWeldon.com slash Legal Eagle for 20% off of your first order. And of course, if you want to try their famous boxer briefs and you decide for any reason that you're not satisfied, you can keep them and still get a free refund because who wants to to return used underwear. Yeah, you know, we just finished a, a 50 plus country study where we looked at how people react to those people who are trying to tell people to get in line, whether they're verbally reprimanding them uh, or using other types of shaming type of tactics to get them to follow rules. And we find that it's people have a lot of reactance, negative feelings about these people, particularly in loose individualistic cultures where freedom has been prioritized over constraint. So we need to really think about different tactics 
when we're trying to help people to understand why it's important to wear masks in particular settings when there's a lot of threat, uh, shaming, I think, is going to backfire. Yeah, Ken, how, how should the message be adjusted if you don't think shaming is a good way to go? Yeah, I don't think shaming and blaming is the right way to do it. I want people to make the decision because it's the correct decision, because it's the right decision, because it's the smart decision, and because they made the decision, so they bought into it. And if we start shaming and blaming, you're going to get pushback naturally. So I think it's much better to educate the population, make them make smart mass choices. And again, remember, we all want the best for the economy, the health of our people, and get through this with as little damage as possible. We've got just a few minutes left here, and I want to put one more really important and timely issue on the table for us to discuss. We have all seen the, um, the demonstrations because of anti-Black racism across North America over the last couple of weeks, and this issue is, uh, well, we are laser focused on this as never before. And somebody by the name of Aaron Thomas from Columbus, Ohio, tweeted something, and apropos of our discussion on masks, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to bring this up right now. He says, I don't feel safe wearing a handkerchief or something else that isn't clearly a protective mask covering my face to the store because I am a black man living in this world. I want to stay alive, but I also want to stay alive. Uh, Michelle, race and the factor that race plays in the discussion we're having today, what can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, I think major, minorities are really caught between a rock and a hard place. Um, if they wear masks, many times people may stereotype them and, uh, as being sick or being aggressive and react negatively. But if they don't wear masks, we're also seeing that they're getting penalized also. Uh, and in fact, a lot of work suggests that minorities live in tighter worlds. They get stricter punishments for the same behaviors as compared to majorities. So we really need to be very attentive in our communication that this is something that um, is really uh, falling very hard on minority communities in terms of an additional uh, other other very important issues of racism, of being differentially affected by corona, both economically and physically. So uh, we need to really prioritize this conversation um, and help people uh, who are experiencing these negativities. Jennifer, I'm sure we can all absolutely feel for the gentleman who put that tweet out, um, you know, damned if you do and damned if you don't, what advice would you have on this issue of masking up if, if you're a visible minority? So I definitely understand that racism is a public health issue and it is going to be a major factor affecting social determinants of health, um, especially for the black community. Um, I understand that when some people may judge others for wearing a face mask because of you know ethical or cultural um, considerations, definitely people will be can face discrimination for it. However, if masks wearing becomes more normal, more people are wearing masks and the sign, uh, the mask becomes a sign of, you know, respect and altruism and of health, then mask will lose that negative connotation to being, you know, fearful or like crime or whatever that negative connotation is. So we're hoping that that um, idea of mask will become a more positive thing and that will also help um, equalize um, in people and avoid discrimination too. Ken, last word to you on this. Well, it can even get more complicated uh, because mixed messages are being sent out in places like Quebec where they have a law that says you must show your face and 
there's some discrimination there. And now we're going to come in and say, you must cover your face. So it's complicated and we need to be smart and inclusive about these decisions. I want to thank the three of you for spending so much time with us on TVO tonight and really giving us a great deal to think about. Michelle Gelfand, uh, you can read more about her work in Rule Makers, Rule Breakers, she of the University of Maryland. Dr. Ken Milne, South Huron Hospital Association in Exeter, Ontario. He is also Professor of Emergency and Family Medicine at Western University in London. And Dr. Jennifer Kwan. And Jennifer, do you want to give us that uh, hashtag of the work that you're doing if people want to get more? So hashtag masks for Canada and the four is the number four. So masks for Canada. Uh, take a picture of yourself, post a selfie with a mask uh, and tell your friends and family. There we go. Thanks you three, much appreciated. Thanks Thank for having you. us.